Welcome to the Cool Explorations podcast and radio program with your host, Tony Peters. I hope you'll enjoy today's segment. Welcome to Cool Explorations. We are here with uh, Ben. Is it Malin or Malin? Malin. Malin, perfect. Uh, and uh, so he's going to talk to us a bit about discipleship, uh, which is a, a huge issue uh, in the churches these days, as I know it is something an area that we've been really struggling and lacking in in many, many churches these days. So it's something my, my pastor and I have both been pushing forward in our church is to try and get that uh, discipleship rolling in our church. So I'm very happy that we can discuss that today. Why don't you start off by just introducing us to, to who you are? As Tony said, my name's Ben Mallon, 19 years old. And yeah, first and foremost, I'm obviously a Christian. It's a Christian podcast. And yeah, that forms yeah, the largest part of my identity, um, being a believer and a follower of Christ. And aside from being Christian, do a lot of other things. At the moment, I'm a first-year student at the University of New South Wales down in Sydney, Australia. So, yeah, study engineering and commerce there, which I absolutely love. Really fun, really challenging, and something that's really pushing and growing me at the moment. And aside from that, I run a clothing business with two other friends. And when I'm not, when I'm not reading the Bible, hanging out with friends, studying, I enjoy yeah, playing sport, watching sport, and yeah, having a laugh with some friends. That's pretty much me. You sound very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> sound like so, busy. yeah sound like me got a lot of irons in the fire that's uh, uh people make fun of me so like you can't focus on one thing i'm like no i can't but my attention i have to be i have to be focused on a million different things at one time uh that that's just me <laughs> so do you find at university that uh you're getting a lot of uh a lot of stuff thrown at you that uh, is anti-christian or is your university pretty pretty good about that it's pretty good so I'm saying on campus at university, which is really good. It's a Christian campus. Okay. So around 30% of the people here are Christian. So it's really nice that, yeah, in close fellowship and close proximity with a lot of other solid Christians. So you definitely have that support and you don't get as much anti-Christian stuff. It's still out there and you can definitely feel it. But compared to a lot of other places around Sydney, around Australia, even around the world, it's pretty good and quite thankful for that. Oh, that that, that is amazing. Because, yeah, I know a lot of a lot of people, like we lose 70% of of kids when they leave the home. And they go to university, we lose seventy percent of them too. To uh, they just fall away from the faith uh, yeah. because universities do make it very challenging for Christians. I've heard so many university and college students say that they've had professors challenge them about their about their Christianity, and openly say, "If you're a Christian by the end of our class, um, you won't be a Christian anymore." It's it, so it, it's kind of freaky when when you hear so many stories of students saying that and parents saying that when their kids have come home for for summer break or or uh, even by christmas break they're they're saying that their students that that their kids they don't recognize them because their belief system is so shattered and uh, that's why i think discipleship is so important because i'm like we need to prepare these kids and prepare people who are your age even as they're leaving the home as they're going off and doing their own things have them prepared with a good biblical foundation so that they are prepared when their faith is challenged they know how to defend and speak about their faith mm -hmm. and so that kind of leads us into your, into your testimony um and then you can kind of explain to us why discipleship became something that that was that you know is important um how that how that became something for you yeah so as you're kind of describing it's just so important to have that biblical foundation and i came i came from that background definitely um, had really good christian parents christian family grew up in the church going there every sunday so yeah ever since young age always yeah, knew God, knew the basic outline of the gospel. I remember I'd go into kindergarten and I'd always sing Christian songs and tell people about Jesus, kind of yeah, embedded in me from a young age, which I'm super thankful to my parents for. Uh, it really raised me well then. Yeah, as a natural progression of you know growing up, becoming a teenager and figuring out what you want in life. I kind of fell away a little bit, um, was just trying to fit in, didn't really take my faith that seriously. I just want to yeah, please other people and be one of the crowd rather than actually take my faith seriously. So. Sounds it was like a couple of years. I wouldn't say the 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't a Christian in that stage. It was just, yeah, it's just, just a challenging period. Um, yeah, middle to late high school. But then, yeah, as we kind of grow up and move towards the upper years of high school, just getting a lot more involved in church and had really good Christian role models and good discipleship that, yeah, just kept me coming back and slowly, little bit by little bit, just started maturing, just understanding, yeah, what it really meant that I believed and, yeah, letting that actually influence my life. Because before I would always say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe the gospel, Jesus died for my sin. Then the actions just never matched up. I wouldn't live it. Yeah. The Christian discipleship definitely was the biggest aspect um, in my growth and, yeah, taking it more seriously. Yeah, I've been very happy. Um you know, that my pastors, at first it wasn't something in our church and he was a new pastor who just came in uh, fairly recent, recently. We had it with the elderly people, but I'm like, okay, so you have discipleship for the elderly people. And that was kind of the focus that they did. I'm like, well, what about the young people and our kids? So they were kind of falling away and we lost a lot of young families uh, because of that. Um, and it was something my pastor and I, we, when he came in, we had some really good heart to heart discussions and um, he's very open to hearing and listening when i speak and i'm very open to hearing from him he's corrected me on many many things and then there's things where we've both been like oh yeah i never really thought about it that way and so i really enjoy the relationship with him and that's something that now when i've now that i've brought up discipleship he's like yeah he said this is something that he said has been on my mind that we've been really lacking mm-hmm. so he started up my son's in a discipleship program um, at church now as well so i'm just really happy that you know our church has, has started focusing on that and it's something that um, i think we we really need to push with with churches because uh, that really does help kids understand more than just um oh jonah jonah didn't want to do what god said but yeah he, you know god, <laughs> god ends up getting his way like that's basically what the story runs down to but it's like well, well yeah. there's a lot more to it like what does it mean to you personally but why yeah. why are these stories important? And so when you get discipleship, kids can ask these questions and they can actually get deeper than what just knowing the stories. They can actually get to knowing what the stories mean and why they impact mm. them personally. Like the the implications of even the the story of Joseph. Uh, I love the story of Joseph because you know Joseph uh, just kept getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down, and God kept being like, no, just just keep holding the course and pushing forward. And, uh, you know, no matter how things, how bad things get, just trust that, that I'm going to make good happen out of this and I'm mm-hmm. going to bring you up and you can look at Job and David and Daniel, like all these different stories. And they all have the basic underlying theme that God will always prevail and bring good out of anything that the devil tries to, to throw your way mm-hmm. and preparing kids for that is so, so important. And I've just seen my son grow. Uh, from that and we're pretty open in this house about about things like that talking my son's got a really high iq too so he picks up on everything and can can relate it to things and even when evolution gets brought up on any of the nature shows we watch because we watch a lot of nature shows he's he's always like he's always like uh nope nope that didn't happen and or or nope prove it and uh, and it's like because he knows i've told me like that they can't prove evolution because it's theory upon theory upon theory upon theory there's no actual fact to back any of it up it's just theories even their carbon dating it's all theories they can't go back and prove that it was that long and we were watching them excavate egypt uh the other day and uh it was funny because they the different layers they were going through or they're like oh this was uh this this hundred year or this um period of egypt's history this was this period of egypt's history and this is this part i'm like it's funny if you go down that deep in any of the other layers they're always like oh that's jurassic period and cretaceous well now these things because they're involving alexander the great they're um they're they're suddenly the carbon dating is different for those those layers <laughs> so it's, it's interesting when you when you look at that and um one of the verses that you've brought up is important you brought up a few of them so we're going to discuss um yep. a few of these things here ephesians 2 1 to 10 um it's kind of longer so i don't expect you to read read the full thing yep. but 
can read part of it if you'd like. Um, and just explain why that verse you think is important for yourself and for Christians and, and um, what, what that verse actually means in its proper context. And I like that you have a group of verses there because uh, too many people take one verse and then they lose the context because it's one verse. Yeah, 100%. So last year I actually had an opportunity to preach at school, um, the audience of a couple hundred for the first time, which is so exciting. And I've pretty much got to pick any passage in the Bible to preach on. And this is the one awesome. I chose. So, yeah, pretty good passage and really just fundamental in the fact that pretty good outline of the gospel, what it means to be a Christian, you know, the mechanics of how you're saved and what you've got to do. Um, even just reading, so I just love how it starts. Um, I've got the ESV. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you, in which you once walked, following the course of this world. And it's just, yeah, so clear. Straight from the get-go, you were dead in your trespasses. You were dead in your sin. Yeah, you look around at the world and a lot of people think, oh, you know, sin's not that big of an issue. Most people are, you know, somewhat good. There's just varying degrees. You know, some people obviously murder is horrible. They're really dead in sin. But some people like to help others. They're not too bad. A little bit of sickness. But the Bible just says, no, that no, you can't have any of that. It's just straight up. Every single person is dead in their sin, which I absolutely love. Then it goes on. Yeah. Describe exactly what Christ's done. Um, but God being rich in mercy um, because of the great love, which because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. That, yeah, Christ is the one who does all the work. It's not you were, you were dead and you raised yourself up. You were dead and God did all the work through Christ and then tells you exactly afterwards what happens. So you're, you're raised up with Christ and for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. It's, yeah, really, really key verse. It's talking about grace. Just It's a gift from God. It's nothing that you do on your own. Which I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, I like that it really pushes on the "it's not you," mm. because uh, first of all, it does take a lot of pressure actually off of us, um, because God is saying, "I've taken care of everything. I've got it. You need to follow me," um, and and that's where that, that's where it becomes choice um, and freedom of choice, and and that that's where love comes into it so much is because because mm. God isn't saying you've got to follow me. Uh, you have to follow me. No, there's other choices. Yes, there's consequences for making those choices, but there's other choices you can make. It's out of love that I'm giving you that choice. I'm letting you choose me. And yeah. I sent my son to to die for, for your sins so that you don't have to die in that manner. You don't have to suffer the consequences of your sin. Just turn to me, follow me. I've already sent my son. He's already given you the guidelines. He's given us uh, how how to do it. He's given us that formula. And it's very easy, actually. You just have to accept Christ. Um, the hard part actually comes after you accept Christ, <laughs> because then you actually have to try and follow the Christian walk, and yeah. and you actually have to um, think about what the action set that you're taking and the impact that they have on other people. And uh, I think that that passage in Ephesians is so key for that. It's just, uh, yeah. it, it really hits on so many other religions where it's all like, by works, you're saved. Well, yeah. Christ says by works is not how you're saved. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's through me that you are saved. Your works mean nothing. Um, that's not saying you shouldn't do good things, but mm. those, those works are not going to get you into heaven. Following me is the only way you're going to get into heaven, uh, which really leads into... Uh, leads well into Romans 8.28. Uh, if you just want to read that and give us a, a bit of a, a description on that as well. Um, but that really yeah. ties in well with, with Ephesians um, and that message as well, because it just, it's such a key verse for Christians, and, and which is why it's used a lot. Yeah, so Romans 8.28 from the ESV. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely love that. Just in all things, God's there working for our good. 
And exactly, I love the you brought up the story of Joseph before. That's a really key one that stuck out to me um, in the past, and it still does today. Just how God was working through all of the parts of his life. You read through the story, and you're like, "Damn, what's happening to this poor guy, Joseph? This isn't how it's supposed to work out." Mm-hmm. And then you look at the end, and it's, yeah, that's how God saved His people through Joseph and through all the hard sufferings He went through. And I just love, yeah, even like reading the story of Joseph, how little God's name gets brought up. Very rarely. It's not that God's doing this, God's doing this, God's doing this. It's just the story unfolding. And you see by the end, God's hand actually was through all of it, even when it seems like it's not. And yeah, you, you read that in the Old Testament, you see our experiences in life, and you come read this and it just makes sense. It works in all things. God's working for our good. You can't see it in the moment. And it's so hard in the suffering, in the hard times to see God working for your good. But you just, yeah, you read this, you trust that he is good and he's never let you down before. And you see such a comfort and such a joy. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and that is definitely why I love the story of Joseph. Even Job, mm. uh, you know, Job went through so much. And then in the end, God, God's like, you were faithful. You worked through this. I'm going to give you double what you had before. <laughs> and uh, just really blessed him because of his faithfulness. Mm. And, and like you say with Joseph, like you can't see immediately, but it's like, well, God really guided the whole thing. I mean, yes, you you were sold into slavery, but then God brought you into into the Pharaoh's court. You, you caught the pharaoh's attention and you ended up becoming a ruler in egypt one the highest ruler aside from the pharaoh that was joseph because of god's blessing even though you know potiphar's wife and uh ended up getting thrown in jail but then he ended up like it's like you just see like the devil's trying to stop what he knows is this train that, that god has barreling forward and the devil's like no i'm going to keep trying to derail this thing and yet joseph is like no i'm going to remain faithful to god i'm going to trust that god is <laughs> is is there for me through all this and it couldn't have been easy i mean being thrown in prison and everything like that 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 can't be easy um and sadly too many christians around the world suffer that same fate and they suffer mm. much torture uh for the name of god uh muslims could say the same thing um there mm. also we saw that with the, with the uyghur community in china just recently um and uh christians are still being thrown into concentration camps there same with muslims uh, in china and uh even in, in canada we're seeing people now getting arrested for their faith as well uh for speaking out um ab- about their faith because it's considered hate speech um because they disagree with some of the stuff that's going on and one of the pastors is facing up to 10 years in prison because he didn't follow covid restrictions and he was speaking out because they're trying to shut down churches and stuff and he refused to shut down his church yeah. um and uh so now he and he's he, he was pretty pretty vocal in terms of like uh some protests and stuff like that and they ended up arresting him and so now he's facing up to 10 years in prison and it's like this is is where we're going and even in in the u.s we saw someone arrested for preaching across from a pride um there was a pride thing going on um i'm not even sure what the event was but he was he was just preaching the gospel Mm. and this cop walked up to him and told him that, that he had to stop and he's like i'm on the sidewalk across from them i'm not even interacting with them other than preaching the gospel Mm-hmm. and uh he said I, it's a free country i'm allowed to read the bible on the street if i want to read the bible on the street and the cops mm-hmm. like cops like read one more word and i will arrest you so so then the guy is like so, so the guy starts reading um oh <laughs> I, forgot, I forget what, what verse he was reading but yeah but uh he, he started reading and uh then the cop turned around and was like that's it hands behind your back and uh the guy handed his bible off to to, to another guy he's like he's like he's like keep preaching and uh <laughs> and he got arrested for it and it's just like this and i was in philadelphia and it's like this is this is where we're going in the world because we've fallen so far away from the bible and bible basics and as, as christians yeah. i feel we've failed in so many areas because as a church we've let this happen 
and, and discipleship. Again, I'm going to hit back on discipleship because I think that that is a lot of a lot of where our church is lacking is we have too many Sunday morning pew sitters, which I was one for a long time uh, yeah. before God really woke me up and is like, uh, no, that's not how I want you to be in my relationship. It's a relationship. It takes two sides. And the part of discipleship is that is that love that we should feel for Christ, just as he felt for mm-hmm. us, that desire to, to learn from him and yeah. learn about him. And once we do, our faith will grow leaps and bounds and will be so much stronger. So when the hard times do come, mm-hmm. we know we have God and Jesus Christ. He's not abandoned us. And I, I've mentioned the uh, Footprints in the Sand poem so often because I just love that poem. Because even when this person thought that that they were walking all alone and God had abandoned them in their hard times, mm-hmm. it was like, Jesus was like, no, that's when I carried you. Yeah. And it's like, so- yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, David is another great example of that. And uh, I'm not, I can't remember if he's the one who wrote Psalm 63. There's so many authors in Psalm uh, who wrote it. I'm not sure if it was him or Solomon who wrote it, but uh, Psalm 63 is one you mentioned. And I know that is a great one. If you just want to read yeah. that one there, um, and that'll probably trigger in my mind again um, once I start start listening to it. Yeah, it is a Psalm of David. Yeah. I just, I love the start especially. Um, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I'll bless you as long as I live. In your name, I'll lift up my hands. Then it just goes on and it continues to praise God. Yeah, and as you're speaking, I'm like, that is definitely David's writing. You can tell the yeah. difference between David and, and Sela, um, or yeah, Sela yeah. and um, Solomon and some of the other authors. They have different different writing styles, which is why I love Psalms. It's awesome. Um, and I think that one definitely ties into everything we've been talking uh, so much, just because it does speak to God's grace and God's love mm. um, and how much how much he's there. Um, and David, of course, is speaking about God and not Jesus Christ. Christ, as we would think of it, uh, even though they are the, the, the same uh, being, but in, in their mind at that point, they didn't have the Trinity. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love I love that verse. So, what does that verse meant to you personally, uh, and how have you been able to use that in your life? Yeah, there's, just, there's so many nuggets here. The more and more you read into it, the more depth, um, yeah, and just the the more rich the understanding is. Just like you, you read verse one, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. It's like you look out in the world and you're not you're not seeing exactly how you describe you're not seeing a world that's earnestly seeking god it's you actually exactly how you were reading in ephesians 2 you actually need god to reach out first so god you are my god and because you are my god earnestly i seek you this is really pointing to the fact that yeah to actually seek god you need god to reach out his hand first you can't possibly seek god on your own which also an encouragement for christians as well that yeah like you're saying a lot of people sit in church on sundays and don't feel anything during the week. But for those Christians who actually feel like they are far away from God and feel like they are kind of stale and drifting in their Christian relationship, you read this and you dig into it, you meditate on it. It's, it's a great comfort that if you are wanting to seek God and you are feel like you're far away, that's actually a really, really strong sign that God's actually there working in you and he has given you his spirit, which is it's incredible. The Lord of the universe would do that. And then you read, once you have that spirit, what he does. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, that the same God who made the sun, you can't even stare at the sun. Imagine mm-hmm. staring at you know, his power and his glory. And the verse three is the killer. It's the best one in the psalm. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. Just yet, really, really thinking through that, like the implications of that, your steadfast love is better than life. So when we chase after the things of the world, 
you know, money, fame, success, relationships, family, whatever it is, you come here and you read this, your steadfast love is better than life. It's like, wow. It's like if you actually have God's steadfast love, which he promises for his believers and for his followers, it is better than anything this life offers. You know, David's saying this, it's facts, it's not an if, but a maybe. Your steadfast love is better than life. And I love it. it just, it's so simple. It gives you a system, you know. God's the God, so we seek him. And if we're seeking him, it's a really good sign we have his spirit. We have his spirit. We have his love. His love is better than life. What do we do afterwards? Well, it's it. My lips will praise you. The rest of the Psalms pretty much talking about praising God. And yeah, I think really important for Christians, and especially to grow in relationship, to grow to be a role model, to be able to disciple others, is one of the key things is praising God, beholding his power, beholding his glory that we see in verse 2. And yeah, growing in relationship, growing to know and love Jesus more by praising him for what he's done. Praising him that his steadfast love is better than life. Yeah. So encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it is important to remember. Um, I've messaged my pastor before what I've been just in a, in a real, real funk and I'm feeling really down. And, uh, um, one of the, another pastor, not my current pastor, but a pastor that, uh, used to be a Bible teacher of mine. He's like, remember in the hard times to praise God. Yeah. And it was just a good reminder. I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> I, actually, I actually spent a couple hours just singing praise songs and, and by <laughs> the end, so- of, yeah. And by the end of it, I was out of my funk. I was like, yeah. I was like, I feel so much better. I said that, that was amazing advice. Amazing yeah. advice. And uh, th- that is what God wants from us is that, you know, he, th- that reminder that he's there for us. And because mm-hmm. of that, we should be thankful. We should be praising him. And by the end of that, you'll just feel the Holy Spirit just flooding yeah. through you. Like it- it'll give you shivers because you're just, because you're just so passionate at that moment of like, you know, yeah. like, I feel the presence of, of God, of the Holy Spirit. And uh, David is such an example of that. Uh, where, That's what he does here. Um, he yeah, sings yeah. praise songs. Constantly, he's yeah. always like writing hymns. It's like him, 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 and it's just like that is what what he did. Even when he was being pursued by Saul, and he was questioning, yeah. he'd start out the psalm questioning where where God was, and by the end of it, he'd be like, he'd be like, "No, you are my rock. You are my sh-. like." And it's just yeah. like, no. By the end of it, he'd be he'd be out of it, out of his funk, and he'd be like, "No, God is there," and it's like. It's like if David could do that, even with his trials and even with his sin with Bathsheba uh, and yeah. uh, the, the murder that he basically committed uh, th- through that, uh, just he still he he repented. He turned back to God and was like, mm. God, I messed up like I messed up bad. And, yeah. you know, he, he took that ownership of his sin. And that's what we need to do. Take ownership of our sin and then hand it over to Christ. In his case, he handed it over to God. Yeah. And God brought him back and was like. Mm was like yes you're back into a right relationship with me and that's why david is called a man after his own heart because despite his sins and his many faults he always repented and turned back to god and relied on god for everything yeah and praise is such a key component of that and david i i love the psalms because he just uh him and even solomon uh with solomon's many faults um and, and his uh his problem with women uh that that solomon had solomon was very very wise he, he, because he asked for for that wisdom but uh, he was also very stupid in a lot of ways and uh what we can learn is that no matter how much head knowledge you have you still do really stupid things you're still a human oh. with faults <laughs> and uh no matter how much you think you know god will always show you how little you know oh. and uh once you realize that your relationship with with god just improves so much because you learn to rely on him for mm-hmm. answers for answers he has the answers yeah, he, he may not always provide them in the timely manner that we want, or even yeah. in the way that we want. But he has the answers. He has the solutions. He will be there with us. Uh, and I just, 
uh, uh, yeah, I love I love these like Psalms and, and Ephesians, the section you said from Ephesians two, one through ten, that yeah. they're just powerful. Like you can just just feel God's might and power coming through these. Yeah. And the importance of our relationship with him. I just love, you know, these are all like written by different authors, you know, across decades, centuries, you know, thousands of years. And they just all say the same thing. It's like the same thing they're saying in the Bible, written by so many different authors. You look at every single context, every single person in life today, and you see the exact same things. Yeah. But yeah, through the suffering, through the pain in all things, God's still working for our good. Um, and just praise him for all things, as tough as it is. Sometimes it seems like, yeah, God's lost control, but he never does. And just learning and maturing in the fact that, yeah, God will never let us down. His steadfast love is better than life. And yeah, just always coming back to praise. Yeah, well, and and people do feel lost these days, but with, with culture and society. <laughs> but when you read the Bible, it's no different what we're going through now as to what they dealt with back then. They dealt with all these same cultural struggles where yeah. they fell away. They, they followed idols. They got t- ca- carried away as slaves to other nations because they turned their back on God. And uh, then God brought them to a point where they were just like, no, God, we need you. And then things improved for, for Israel. It, it, it got better that the Jewish nation really, really was strong. And then they would fall away again. They would get careless, and, and which is what we've seen happen. We had a nation yeah. that was built and founded um, both in the U.S. and Canada uh, on Christian beliefs and on, on a faith system and we've gone so far away from that now because we became complacent it's like it's no different when you read israel and people i saw a meme yesterday that that, that i thought was kind of funny and, and very very true it was people say say that they don't know that they don't know god and they don't know where god is and he's like but i have a funny feeling god's going to show us just who he is and how powerful he is really quick and i'm just <laughs> like i'm like that is so true and you can yeah. say that even every day like it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, you may think it's hopeless with the way culture has gone, the way that the way that it is going, how Sodom and Gomorrah is what really we're living in in so many ways is Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, but as with Sodom and Gomorrah, there are those of us who are righteous here. There wasn't mm-hmm. in Sodom and Gomorrah. So God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But there are righteous people here. And as long as we keep fighting, there is hope for our nations. Mm-hmm. And God is that hope. Also, with, with empires, all empires end up falling and failing, ultimately. Yeah because they get too big for their britches. Um, and I think that is partly what we're seeing here in North America is uh, the US uh, and, and Canada along with it and their mm-hmm. alliance with Britain and Australia and and France and all, and all these other nations uh, through the UN has gotten to be too big for its britches. God is going to humble those nations and uh, we need to be prepared for that. And we need to be prepared in our faith to stand firm in those times because mm-hmm. the hard times are coming as we were talking about persecution, it's coming. And so we need to be so strong in our faith so that we can be ready to defend our faith and ready yeah. to stand firm for Christ, no matter what happens, because mm-hmm. he stands firm for us in all of our trials. You just look at Jesus on the uh, during the storm you know, on the boat. They're all panicking and he just wakes up from his sleep and, he, <laughs> and he's he's like, what are you guys afraid of? I, I, I'm here like ca- wind, calm down and storm yeah. is gone. And, and just come. it's just like, what were you guys afraid of? I was here like. <laughs> have you learned nothing like he just he kind of says that to them repeatedly have you learned nothing and that's kind of the message to us like uh, we've shown you so much you have the bible before you have you learned nothing and uh loving that story as well yeah there's actually a little line he says at the end and he's like to his disciples where is your faith exactly you you, you have little faith it's just yeah faith is actually something yeah we have to practice and implement in real life you know the faith of yeah trusting in god in all circumstances yeah and trusting him to save you you know bring salvation save you from your sin but it's actually something we still have to implement each day. 
we have to wake up. Okay, I'm going to have faith that God will provide today. I have, to, I have to have faith that he'll get me through trials. I have to have faith that in all things, he's still working for my good. And so often we lose that and we don't yeah, actively yeah, bring out and test and work and develop our faith, which is yeah, something yeah, we've definitely lacked and can be one of the main causes of yeah, the church and yeah, civilization in our empire is just falling away, as you're describing. It's the lack of faith. Yeah, and one of the biggest falls for Rome was uh, was pride um, yeah. and debauchery. I mean, they got to be so, so bad. They picked up all the worst traits from every empire that they conquered. Mm-hmm. And they kind of combined that all into one until they just got to be this nation of lazy, prideful people who cared nothing about uh, the higher ups, cared nothing about the people who were actually in their empire. And as a result, their empire crumbled. It just yep. dissipated away. And now we just see... The, the great works that Rome Rome built and Greece even before them built, but they all still fell away. Thank you for listening to the Cool Explorations podcast and radio program. I hope that you've enjoyed today's segment and uh, I hope that you'll consider supporting us at uh, Cool Explorations on Patreon as well as uh, you can shoot me an email at tpeter745 at gmail.com if you'd like to support in other ways other than Patreon. <laughs>